This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Hiva, and I'm joined here today by Sam Cutler. Sam, how are you? Wait, do you go by Sam, Sammy? What do you like? I go by Sam. Only my like family and friends from when I was a kid call me Sammy. Long story there. But yeah, Sam. Okay. I feel like Sam's chill. Samantha feels so formal. It does. Yeah. I mean, my dog is also yes. named Samantha. Yes. She also prefers going by Sam or she, Sammy. Does she tell you that? Yeah. No, she right? all the time. It's just easier. You're like, yeah. what is this nine-letter letter name? Like, so long. Yeah. Um, yeah Samantha's also very, like, I don't know. I just think of Samantha as being the American Girl doll. I honestly think that's where my name comes from. Wait, that's <laughs> what I named my dog after. <laughs> I told you we were kindred spirits. Wait, so this is crazy. I just have to say, so I've been following you for a while. And then a few days ago-ish, um, I got a DM and you were like, you know, like talking about the podcast. And one crazy thing about me, I do not do remote interviews, which I know is weird and people are always taken aback by it. I just, I think it's not worth it. Like the energy isn't great. Yeah. The visuals aren't great. Like it's just not my vibe. And so I was like, well, are you ever in New York? And you were like, I'm literally going to be there in a few days. And then she's staying on my street, which is so like, it's so crazy. And my street is like three blocks wide. So it's not like, I'm not talking like it's, I don't live on Broadway, you know, that runs through all of Manhattan. Like it's a tiny, tiny street. It's so crazy. So kismet. Yeah. Serendipity. Yeah. It's really funny. Stuff like that has happened to me my whole life. Mm -hmm. Where it's like the day before something and you're like, hey, will you ever be here? Are you ever Mm -hmm. passing by? Or like, is this ever interesting? And it's just timing. I honestly trust the universe so much because it continues to show you things like that. For sure. You know? Do you think that, like, so I I believe that these things happen to people a lot. What Mm -hmm. I find really interesting is when you're observing it happening. Because I think probably these things happen to everyone and not everyone's observing it. Have you always been like very intuitive and spiritual growing up or? Not necessarily growing up. I think that it started um, throughout my entire health journey, like Mm -hmm. later in life, as I became more in tune with my body and listened more, Mm -hmm. I started listening to everything around me. And to be transparent, I read the book, The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if you've ever read that. I haven't read it, but I obviously know of it. No of it, because it's 
it's very renowned for a lot of people having a more spiritual awakening through it because it's very simple. So if anyone's listening and they're like, I'm not sure that that's for me, I feel like it's a really nice way to kind of like ease into it and just start seeing things around you in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I read that book, so many things shifted and changed where it wasn't this like tough energy. It was sort of this ability to trust and slow down and move into a softer space and a softer energy. And I feel like mm-hmm. that made me start seeing things. And even retroactively, I would think about things in my past and be like in shock of how clear, of course they make so much sense, but mm-hmm. I just didn't carry that energy at the time. Mm-hmm. And now that I do, I can see retroactively like this all unfolded for this reason or, mm-hmm. you know, even at that time. And so that was kind of when I started becoming a lot more spiritual. And to be honest, my husband has also been a big part of that. He's a very spiritual person. He's the one who said like, hey, let's get you into yoga. Like what's funny is I was so not about slower movement and Mm -hmm. listening to my body. I was really like spin and circuit training and like really hard on myself and this like hustle mentality which I still think I carry like inside of me, especially when it Mm -hmm. comes to work. But I had a lot of that. And he was like, we can slow down. We can soften together. And like brought me into my feminine energy, which is really Mm -hmm. funny Mm -hmm. because I think it was necessary for a relationship and for a lot, like a lot of relationships to have that balance and to embrace it. But that's part of what we needed. And he brought that out. I love that. Wait, how did you guys meet? (laughs) So talking, there's really funny synergies about how we were talking about like, oh, I'm on this street and stuff. So I actually posted this not not too long ago because it was our 10-year meetiversary. So the day we met 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And we met in a very um, spontaneous, like, random way. I was leaving a bar in Brooklyn. So I used to live in New York. Mm -hmm. I went to school here. I was a Manhattan girl. I was in fashion. I was in Chelsea. Like, I didn't go to Brooklyn this 10 years ago. Like, it wasn't what Mm -hmm. Brooklyn is Mm -hmm. now. And so I went to a bar in Brooklyn with a girlfriend. Her boyfriend's band was playing. It was the first time I ever went to Brooklyn. I had Mm -hmm. already lived there three years, never went to Brooklyn. I don't know if I should put that out there, but (laughs) um, it was the truth. I was like 21 or 22. And I had just had my wisdom teeth out, so I was sober. Okay. Uh So one side of my face is like definitely a little puffy. 21, 22 year old Sam. And I'm leaving the bar to get in the cab to go back to Manhattan. And he's walking into the bar with some of his friends. And he walks right up to me, probably a little pie-eyed because now it's like 11, 30, 12 at night. And he's like, where are you going? Like, you're so pretty, one of those. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, God, I just want to get in this cab. Like, who is this guy? And then I look at him and I'm like, okay, you're cute. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> that sort of, you know, resonated a little bit better, sat a little bit better with me. I was like, okay, he's really cute. Like, you know, what's he, what's his intentions? Like, I'm getting in this cab and I'm leaving and I'm not drinking. I'm not coming back in. And even my girlfriend was like, are you okay? Like, is he bothering you? <laughs> um, and so I hopped in the cab and he was like, I have to see you again though. Like, Obviously off of what? Like we had three words exchanged, but he gave me his business card, which is such, in my opinion, like a douchebag kind Mm -hmm. of move. Mm -hmm. He's 25 and thought he was the shit Mm -hmm. living in New York. And I was like, oh God, like red flag. Another thing that I don't love, like, and you're drunk and you're coming up to me, but like whatever. And at the time, Instagram was just starting to come out. So there was like no rabbit hole for me to go down and stalk him and Mm -hmm. like see who he's about. And like if anyone's dated in New York or any major city, 
you understand that like you might be going on a date with your future husband or you might be going on a date with a serial killer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, can we just all align on that as yeah. women who have dated in New York or in major cities? It's like, I have nowhere to do a background check. At least now there's these like apps and there's social media. But at the time, I remember always telling like my mom and my friends, like, I'm going at this restaurant. This is what the guy says his name is. DVD. <laughs> like, um, so anyway, I Google him because I'm like, what else am I going to do? And find out, like, see a few more pictures, like, find out he's super smart. He's published in Harvard Business Review. Like, a bunch of different things Mm. that I figured, what the hell? Can't be worse than half the other people I've chatted with for 30 minutes at the bar and went on, like, a date with, and they were horrible. So I ended up texting him. He probably loves this part of the story because I was the only one with his phone number. And then we went on a date, and that was how we met, (laughs) which I think is just, we went on a date from there. We didn't date forever and this is a much longer story so I won't get into it too long but we basically dated a little bit I moved back to Canada Mm -hmm. and then we reconnected like three or four years after that oh wow how did you reconnect um so that's kind of the story like us which is the funny part I had not been in New York for like three years and he reached out to me he started working at this I just started in the creator space and he started at this startup He was still living in New York, but the startup was based in Toronto. So he was flying back and forth all the time. Mm. And he reached out to me. He said, look, I don't really know many creators, but I'm like got hired as he was like the chief business officer for developing this um, application they were working on. And he was like, I wanted to pick your brain on some stuff. Right. And he's like, will you be in New York anytime soon? And I was going to New York two days after that message. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't been in like three years since Mm -hmm. I left. And I was like, I'll actually be there on Thursday. And so we went for a coffee and like connected from there. And obviously first it started as like a sort of, you know, we met as like a business thing. He always says he was just continuously always trying to like Mm -hmm. get back into my life. He messaged Mm -hmm. me throughout the years that I hadn't seen him. But again, one of those crazy stories. Yeah. just don't like, I was like, this is happening in two days and I haven't spoken to you in years and you're reaching out to me like when I'll be in New York. Yeah. Crazy. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a weird sort of thing. And then he was up in Toronto working at this company. I was still living in um, Montreal, but I was going to Toronto a lot because I'm English. And so a lot of the Anglo agencies, brands, like all these deals that I had were happening in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So I was going back and forth. And so we started to like date really when I was flying in and out of Toronto for work and he was flying in and out from from New York to Toronto Mm -hmm. um and then when we we dated like long distance for maybe six months eight months and then we're like okay let's find somewhere and we picked Toronto because it felt like comfortable new ground but we were both going there all the time yeah 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 and you've been together ever since yeah how was long distance horrible Really? Horrible. Okay. Actually, I have to be honest. There are some benefits to it. Yeah. Especially if you are an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or a independent person who still needs to nurture the stage of the life that they're in. Mm-hmm. I was building my business. I had left at the time when we reconnected. I'd already left my corporate job. So I was focused 100% on building like my blog and my creator career. Mm-hmm. But it was really nice because I could really focus on him when I was with him. And then when I left, I was really in like, let's say we didn't see each other for like two weeks. Those two weeks were like 
this is go mode, right? Like I'm in my work, I'm with my friends, I'm doing the yeah. me stuff. And it was really tough at the time because you have to, you have to really trust the other person. Mm-hmm. You have to really have like, just tap into like knowing that this is right, especially as it gets more serious and mm-hmm. you need to harness a lot of that energy and also just sucks, honestly, being away from them and not being like, Hey, I'm coming over. I want to crawl into your bed and like hug you. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it was helpful early on to not have to like a lot of issues for me with dating before my husband was people and well, men being uncomfortable with me continuously being busy Mm -hmm. and building my job and like prioritizing and picking like events for work or career things. Like I was up early mornings and late nights when I was at corporate trying to build the blog. I was like, I barely had time. Right. And now when you think about it, like 10 years later, you're like, I didn't really need to make time for the guys when I was like 24, but (laughs) sure. Yeah. In theory you want to. So yeah. Yeah. There was some benefits to it. Yeah. Have you ever done long distance? Not that I can think of. Uh, In college, I dated a guy who went to school like an hour away. He was in med school when I was in college, but we still saw each other a few times a week or whatever. But my current partner, who, by the way, we call Ozzy on the podcast, not his real name, just so you know, I forgot to say that before we started recording. (laughs) Um, So he's away a lot for work. Okay. We actually, so when we first met, like we matched on a dating app, we never met up for like a year and a half mm-hmm. and he would text me like once a month and I was like what like what is the deal with this mm-hmm. dude like we're not meeting up and he keeps texting me like what the fuck do you want from me you right. know you're in or you're out <laughs> yeah like it was just so and I'm like I'm just not a great texter etc which I know is like what fuck boys say but it's not that it's just like I just I'm kind of a, like, I, I, I fall out of touch with my friends who are away. Like I talk to people who are close to me. Um, but yeah, we never met up for a year and a half and then we did meet up like very kismetly also, um, actually at a bar that's right at the corner and it was the weekend after Thanksgiving in 2020. So coming up, um, it's cuffing season. I swear everyone gets into relationships in like October, November. (laughs) No, it's so true. Um, so we meet up and I instantly was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with him. Like blah, blah, whatever. We were dating for a few months just casually. And then he had to go back to Australia for work. And this was when the borders were fully closed. So like he went, yeah, because Australia was closed for a long ass time. Um, Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so we kind of fell out of touch while he was gone. And then when mm-hmm. he came back, um, we found our way back to each other. We've been together, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he travels a lot for work. And specifically every like December, he goes back to Australia for a few months. Mm-hmm. And long term, I'd like to do six months there, six months here. But right now I have a dog, so I can't just like leave right. for six months. I go for like a month or two every year with him. Mm-hmm. But um so he does that for a few months. And then like just throughout the year, he'll be gone for like a week or two at a time. And I fucking love it. It's like, <laughs> okay, but it's also different at the different stages. That's true. That's true. Like now I'm like, do you have to go Leave. on a business yeah. for a week? <laughs> like, get, don't get me wrong. It's my best friend. I love him. But yeah, you know, it's just my favorite because I get to like, watch all the Bravo not that I don't want to when he's here (laughs) but it's different when he's not here you know wait there's such an epic episode of sex in the city where they're like my weird single behaviors 
when why I don't think I remember it, this episode? Keep going. Okay, I think it's when she's going to move in with Aiden. Mm-hmm. And she's like freaking out and they're talking about all the weird things that they do mm-hmm. when they're single and they're alone in their house. And it's like, yeah, I just like to sit in the nude and like eat my leftover ramen yeah. and like just these weird, bizarre things that I'm sure men and women do is like, we all do it. Yeah. But then once you're in a relationship and they're in your home, you're like, oh, I kind of got to like filter the way yeah, I yeah. live. And then eventually you don't. Right. Like I think the mark of a true good relationship is that it kind of feels like you're alone. Yes. And I mean that in the best way possible. Yes. Like it's like you just, you don't, you're not walking on eggshells, you know? Yes. Like it's it's kind of the equivalent of being alone yeah. um, in a good way, <laughs> like yeah. in a comforting kind of way. But then they also are there. Like I sometimes forget how much I really do love him. He's like right there. I feel bad. We love you. We're just kidding. <laughs> no, I really do love him. But like the other day, I think I was doing like a guided meditation or something and it just clicked for me. I was like, wait, I would be devastated if we weren't together. And sometimes I forget because I think I've done so much work on myself and like the mm-hmm. codependence and the anxious attachment and stuff has gone. So I feel very like comfortable just being alone and being myself. And like, I don't really feel like I need a relationship. But then I was like, wait, but I do actually like really love him and he actually is like my best friend and I am grateful that we're together because I think I forget sometimes well that's when you know you're with the right person also because you shouldn't like you should be able to be yourself feel like yourself and just like truly choose to be with them because they are your best friend and you Mm -hmm. love them and there's no like real like you said dependency or any type of like expectation beyond that Mm -hmm. and I love that like we I feel that way in our relationship as well and I I find it I mean, everyone has their own relationships, but I know people in my life that don't have relationships like that Mm -hmm. or that try to remain in relationships that aren't like that and it doesn't work out, right? Mm -hmm. And you see that so clearly because people are so different or they're trying to like fit into the mold of someone else Mm -hmm. or be a certain way or filter and you're just like, that's not like sustainable. You're going to crack. Like you're literally going to (laughs) crack. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I used to do. Like I used to try so hard to present myself as this like cool girl who is like so chill and easygoing when I'm literally none of those things. (laughs) Like I'm like not cool. I'm not chill and I'm not easygoing. (laughs) I'm actually batshit crazy and like a big loser, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Such a loser. People don't know that's about me. I don't think all the time. Really? Because you're so, I actually, I was talking to, I was talking to Ozzy about this last night and I was like, I'm nervous for tomorrow. And he's like, why? And I was like, because she's so like pretty and like perfect and she's probably cool in high school. And he's like, dude, you're 35. You need to stop talking about (laughs) high school. Like it's embarrassing. Whether people were or were not cool in high school should not be something that you think about anymore. Okay. (laughs) That is so funny. First of all, thank you. You're so cute and you're so sweet. Um, that no, I'm so not cool. And I don't even know if I, you know, like, I don't know if I was cool in high school, but I mean that because I went to school where there was 30 people in the grade. Uh, so it was like, everyone was friends with everyone, yeah. but everyone hated every, like there was yeah, like no in yeah, between. Yeah. But no, I was not cool. But my school was like, it was cool to be the head of like committees and smart. Mm-hmm. I went to school that that was the vibe. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was not cool, but it made me cool mm-hmm. to be not really cool mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but yeah, sometimes my husband just looks at me and he's like, 
you are so fucking weird. I love you. Like oh. you're the weirdest human being. Yeah. Every time, you know, when you go like yeah. your boyfriend or husband, you're like, why do you love me? Like, yeah. tell me, remind me. His answer is always like, there is nobody that is like you. Mm-hmm. You are so bizarre yet. So like dedicated to what you care about. Such a hard worker. Like, you know, like he'll be like, but that persona like under it is this strange little egg child of like this personality that's just in there. And sometimes I think I don't like share that enough on social media Mm -hmm. all the time, but it's hard. Right. You know, like it's, it's hard on social media because you want to be transparent, but you're also the one picking your content. Like if someone followed me around with a camera, like I don't know, reality shows, I always think Mm -hmm. of how, how difficult that must be. Like someone else is choosing what they pick and choosing how they're editing it and how they're presenting you, Mm -hmm. but you're doing it yourself. So of course you're looking at it being like, well, what is the version of myself that I think I am? Mm -hmm. And that's the version that you build from a social media perspective. And we all do it, even if it's a personal account, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you want to, especially when you have a larger community and voice, you don't want your social media to be highlight reel. Like you want to talk about the struggles you want to talk about like even if it's where you came from or if it's like things aren't always perfect and Mm -hmm. things aren't always the right way like obviously I talk a lot about health and wellness and I think one of the things I try to return to is like you can be both healed and healing Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important conversation to have that Mm -hmm. you can have healed something but like it can come back or you can eat something that doesn't feel good or you can be faced with this trauma that you thought you held you were healed and all of a sudden it comes up because of an occurrence in your life and like there's always something evolving and every time you get to the next stage you're rocked so I think that's an important piece of it but at the same time you do still choose how you put things out there um so yeah we build it of like what we think is ourself yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Versus for sure. Somebody else, you know, curating it, I guess. Yeah. How did you build your business? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, okay. I started as a creator. I was working in corporate. Um, I was not feeling necessarily fulfilled in what I was doing. So I went to fashion school. I loved the fashion industry. Um, I loved the creative side of it, except I personally had no skill to be creative like a fashion designer for example and I didn't really understand where that fit me where that where I fit into that so I spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time on fashion blogs but I didn't feel like I was like a fashion blogger I just consumed it a lot and I was like I want to be something in this like this is cool Mm -hmm. I love the photo side of it it lights up my soul like when I see a great photo or video like sometimes I look at people's TikToks and I'm like fuck yeah yeah like that's a great piece of content um but I didn't really understand what that meant you know 10 plus years ago and I ended up working in corporate, had a great career there, but got extraordinarily burnt out in the process. And in that, started to lose myself and realized, okay, I need to find like something on the side, not a side hustle to bring in money, but something that's for me. Mm -hmm. Because we go from, I speak with a lot of like young aspiring entrepreneurs or young women in the workforce. We go from this like controlled environment of school where we're measured by our grades and our social commitments and like our social like Mm -hmm. community or groups and then we go into university and then you're sent out into the workforce usually in corporate unless you're starting your own thing right away which is rare um and by the way I'm so big on starting your own thing but I also feel like getting experience is like 
Agreed. chef's kiss, like go work mm-hmm. for somebody else that either runs a business or has a big company or something. Um, but then we go into it and we bring that same mentality of I need to perform, right? Like it was mm-hmm. all about my grades. It was like a very one focused experience, but in school, I don't know. I feel like the education system has to change a bit. That's a oh whole other God, yeah. episode <laughs> yeah. of like how we can educate our future generations, not just on what they need to know, but also on like how they learn and how they experience. Mm-hmm. But my experience was going through that, going into the workforce. It was like 2013, 2014 and bringing that sort of hustle. Like this was my only focus. So I had no sort of side passion and I decided to start a blog, but I didn't want to do fashion because that was what I was working in already. Mm-hmm. So I started a passion blog and my first blog was called Silver Lining by S and it was all about finding the daily happiness, which is funny because it's not unlike, like similar to what I do now, but I wanted to find my own. So it was really just for me to kind of tell that story and it started as you know, talking to different entrepreneurs and going to different events and just started somewhere mm-hmm. and eventually realized that that turned into a lot of health and wellness. And I got really into the health field and talking to other founders in that space and like products. It was the rise of wellness consumer products mm-hmm. and like the D to C products in the wellness space um, and like cool packaging and branding mm-hmm. like that didn't mm-hmm. exist, you know, to the same degree it does now 10 years ago and like these indie beauty brands and stuff. And so I got really into that. And at the same time, as I was doing that, my work was becoming extraordinarily demanding and making me sick. And I ended up having, I mean, a lot of what I speak to on social media is like a big piece of that. Like when I talk to the state that my health was in, a lot of that is because of what was going on with stress. And I refer back to this all the time, but I had like chronic inflammation, gut issues, in like inflamed gut, stomach ulcers, terrible digestion, bowel movements, chronic, um, severe adult cystic acne, like just mm-hmm. you name it. I was a walking poster child for that, but I was working 80 plus hours a week doing something that was draining me. Mm-hmm. And even if I enjoyed it, the culture was not the right fit for me, right? Like I think a lot of the things I did day to day on paper, also part of an an issue in jobs sometimes is like on paper, that sounds really great. Mm -hmm. But how am I actually experiencing this? Um, And so I just, it was killing me. And I ended up leaving knowing that I was like, this is going to be rock bottom. And it kind of was a big piece of rock bottom for me. Um, And also like trying to cope with that by eating crap and like also trying to go on fad diets Mm -hmm. and drinking sugary coffees to try to survive the day and then drinking sugary alcohol drinks at night and like numbing how shitty the day was Mm -hmm. and how stressful the day was and then not eating and eating at 9 p.m. and you know shoving my face with like crap that Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was in it Mm -hmm. Um, and like just a lack of education in that space and then as I got but my blog was already starting to go into like cool wellness products without the education piece Mm -hmm. So then I started to do a little bit more research. My doctor was like, your gut is fucked. Like you have a stomach ulcer. You are 23, 24. No, maybe I was 25 at the time. Um, 25. And he's like, this is not normal. Mm -hmm. Like flare ups everywhere, all this stuff. And I went, okay, 
I'm going to quit my job because that's the only way I feel like I can survive this. And I don't, by the way, I don't think this is the only, that's the only way to survive something, but that was my way. I had yeah. already built a side hustle for the past two years. I was making like a little bit of money and I had saved. So there's mm-hmm. also not just like quit your job, everybody like, just yeah. like it was, I had a strategy behind it. I thought about this. I saved, I like, I knew I wanted to leave for a while. And when we talk about like serendipity things, a lot of other things in the company happened that just made it the right time where I was Mm -hmm. like, great, I'm just going to like dip out now Mm -hmm. and, um, left. And I decided to do health coaching because I was like, how do I learn more about what's going on inside of me? (laughs) I remember our first module was like, are you stressed? Have you messed up your entire body through stress? This is what you should talk about to yourself and to your clients. And I was like, Ooh, that's me. Um, and so from there, I just started talking about my own personal story of like what I was going through. And I really started the community on Instagram and on my blog, but like primarily Instagram was a big piece of what built this looking to feel less lonely in what I was going through. Mm -hmm. I had no desire to tell people or help people at the time because I hadn't helped myself. I was just looking for other people Mm -hmm. that were also in a similar position that could resonate with what I was going through and I could resonate with them. And they'd say like, hey, I've been through something similar. I feel that way or I feel like crap all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to like heal my life and I started in that way to really just like build community and honestly over that time really did heal myself in so many ways in so many ways I'm still healing um but healed quite a bit to the point that now I feel like I can help others Mm -hmm. and help coach them to be in a better place so that was sort of how I started um and like the natural evolution I think, Mm -hmm. and a long evolution, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel pressure ever to like be perfect because of what you do? Like, it's like, I, like, I sometimes feel like this, even though I really have tried to build a brand Mm -hmm. around not being perfect and not having Mm -hmm. all the answers, but still it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh, like if I break out, then it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, what she's talking about doesn't work. Or like if I'm Mm -hmm. bloated or you know what I mean? Like all of these things, it's like, even though again, like literally everything I'm doing and it sounds like same with you, you were trying to like commiserate and be like, we're all in this together. And like throughout the process, maybe got some more answers and got some more tools that you can then share, but that's never a promise Mm -hmm. that you're not going to have an off day. But I do feel like that pressure is there. A hundred percent. And I think what's crazy about it as well is that our bodies, especially as women, are always changing. And Mm -hmm. if you adapt to one situation, as soon as something else gets thrown into that, you have to learn how to readapt and you need to learn how to balance different stressors and balance different levels of your hormones, which change drastically. Mm -hmm. Like as you go into your thirties and then can't wait then there's 40s like you know just Mm -hmm. it just continues to always change and there's no constant right like as cheesy as it is change is the only constant well yes that is the truth and I definitely feel that pressure and I also try to communicate that to my community and my clients and 
what we're building through what we're building because I think that's a really important piece. Like if your trajectory is feeling better Mm -hmm. slowly every single day, it's not going to look like a straight line. It's going to always go up and down. Mm -hmm. Right. And I am leveled up significantly than I was last year, the year before the year before Mm -hmm. that, but day to day you feel the ups and downs. And when you feel like it's going down, you start thinking, Oh shit. Like, am I going down? Like, am I not like, is there no value to what I'm sharing? And yes, Mm -hmm. you do question yourself. But I also think part of that is entrepreneurship in general, because nothing is constantly one way or another. So you're always like bouncing back and forth. Yeah. And add the social side of it to it, which is even tougher. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, we were starting to talk about TikTok before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, we're like, I think this record. is a good time to bring it in. <laughs> yes. What has your experience been with TikTok? Okay. So we were kind of talking about this before. I align with what you were saying. TikTok is extraordinarily powerful for conversion and for if you are building a business and you're looking to drive sales, I think it's a very powerful platform to be able to tell a story that converts a customer. Mm-hmm. So, and I say this even with the brands that I work with, like it is a great place to share that information and to find the right evangelists for your brand that will represent it and talk to it. And I think that that's obviously from a brand's perspective, from a creator's perspective, it's the same thing. Like what is your brand? What is your individual positioning? What are you trying to share and communicate and like build? And I think there's a lot of power, but it's also the wild, wild west. Whereas your content is shown to a large audience that is not yours. If Mm -hmm. it performs well, especially if you have viral videos and it is, there is no, context to who you are or what you've been through or your story whereas I find on Instagram even if something performs well let's say a TikTok or uh, sorry a reel goes viral on Instagram it's like I click on the person and then I see what they're about Mm -hmm. and I don't know why but maybe it's the bio it's the stories like the highlights there's something more and more depth there Mm -hmm. to understanding this like version of their social portfolio Whereas on TikTok, it's, it doesn't give that same experience. And then when we see content that we're served, we are only judging off of that one piece of content with no context of who they are. And yep. that can get really crazy, like terrible hate. Um, I'm sure there's bots too, by the way, on there mm-hmm. that are just made to drive negative engagement. Like mm-hmm. there's no question about it. And it can be a really like challenging place for mental health, especially if your content goes viral to the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And I've had it do both. I've had it go viral to the right people and the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And you notice the difference Mm -hmm. um, in how you feel. Yeah. You know, how you feel and also just how people respond to it. And unfortunately, those who are the most, I don't even want, like, the most unhappy or triggered themselves by something that's going on in their life or, you know, or just harness a lot of hate, Mm -hmm. like for whatever reason, are often the loudest. Yeah. Right? People can love it. You can have a thousand comments and maybe 80% of those comments are negative, let's say. But then that video has 100,000 likes on it. Mm Mm-hmm. 100,000 people were like, I like this. Yay, great piece of content. 200 people were like, 
giving you good comments, but you're sitting there reading those 800 negative comments, mm-hmm. which like 800 negative comments in comparison to the 100,000 people that were like, save, like, like, yes, yeah. follow, whatever. But we, we can't help but really absorb the words more than like the numbers, which I guess is good. Yeah. It's our human side. But if you're listening to this and you love somebody, like their content, just like leaving the good comments. Yeah. Is it helps really so valuable. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It helps. So I will never forget the first time. Like I started posting on TikTok. Everything was getting like 200 views, but I challenged myself to post three times a day for a month. Two weeks into that, I had one hit like 300,000 views, which again, everything I'd put out had 200 views. So it was shocking all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and it felt really good but then the negative comments like I the anxiety that Mm -hmm. I will never forget how I felt that weekend when this was popping off and reading the negative comments and kind of being like I don't know if I can handle this and then since then I've gotten thicker skin and I've also learned more about regulating my nervous system and things like that but it's a very real thing and I have this theory I think more so than anything else our lives are too easy. And I know that Mm. we, like, there's a ton of stress, like everyone's overworked, you know, especially right now, the economy isn't great. Like these things are very real pressures that are happening. And we also live in a environment that's Mm. so foreign to our bodies, like just like with, you know, chemicals and perfumes and fragrances and Mm. all this shit, like just environmental toxins and then blue light and all this shit. Mm. Like it's dysregulating all of us nevertheless, we don't have problems the way our ancestors did. Like we're not fleeing lions. Like we're, we're living pretty safe lives. Mm-hmm. Like we're, our we're problems, ordering on Amazon. Yeah. And it's it solved. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like we don't, we don't have to, like everything is available mm-hmm. to us, like in excess, in surplus for the most part, for most of us, mm-hmm. you know? So we don't have these real problems that we used to have to solve. So I think we're channeling that by just being outraged by everything. Mm, Like I think that it gives us a sense of purpose to really feel like you're fighting for something. And I think we see that on social media. You scroll and just the most minor thing bothers you. Like let's talk about your wedding, right? I was just going to (laughs) say. So you had truly the most iconic wedding I've ever seen. Like if I were to do a wedding, that's everything I would want. Like it was it was like a it was like a retreat weekend. <laughs> it was like a really glamorous wellness fun retreat weekend. Like absolute perfection. You put out a TikTok, you tell the story, it's your life, but right. like it was unhinged what happened. Un fucking <laughs> hinged this was okay so talk about like you regulate your nervous system and like get thicker skin I feel like then it levels to another it gets like yeah. I already had had comments of course like tons of viral videos that had lots of hate comments but once it, it just always gets to another level yeah and I don't think it'll ever get past this like level hopefully god <laughs> yeah. willing like I'm not I'm out okay you heard it here first I am outie but this was crazy. So basically, if you don't follow my TikToks, I share a lot of tips in nutrition and wellness. And I also share a lot of what I eat in the days. And the reason for that is to show, I mean, people like them and like mm-hmm. to consume them, whether like there's love-hate relationship with them. A lot of people have different opinions. I personally try to show varying versions on like weird occasions. Mm-hmm. And I also try to show like just everyday life. But while you're traveling, you know, when you're like, 
I don't know, attending an event, like the the things when it's actually hard to not just yes. sit at home and be like, I had oatmeal for breakfast, I had a hard boiled egg, and I had like my like protein bowl, and then I had salmon and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, okay, it's really easy for us all to eat that way generally. So I try to do that and incorporate that into my content so that people see like the crazier versions of still staying and put like prioritizing your health and wellness and like mm-hmm. how you can also be flexible and like live in that way. So anyway, I I had always, my team and I had always mapped out type of content we wanted to do for the wedding. And I was like, I'm not touching the content. Like I had my, I had video and photo team, which side note, everyone does at their wedding. One of the yeah. comments that I got was like, can you imagine filming all this on your wedding? <laughs> so, sorry. I think most people yeah. have photography and videography at their wedding, but, yeah. um, so one of the pieces of content where I was like, I feel like it'd be great to show what I eat. Mm-hmm. Like I did not think about it for a second that day. My videographer for social who was there every time was like popping up. Like I'm eating like my wedding cake and she was like, boop, like popping up in front of me. Right. And she was like, we're getting this content. It's going to be great. So I was like, awesome. And I was like, it'd be really fun to show what I eat. So I think it was the first piece of content I put out about the wedding and besides probably stories and things. And I put this out. I was like, here's what I, what I ate. I, the bride, ate on my wedding day. Somewhere along the lines, I don't know how this happened, because I think everyone, you can link the post, literally let people see it and give their own opinion. (laughs) They've probably already seen it because God knows. But basically, it got taken out of context as to what I served at my wedding. Mm. And that is sort of how this whole spiral happened. And to be transparent, it was really Daily Mail that fucked me real good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and really put the wheels spinning on genuinely fake news. Insane bride, this is the headline, insane bride, like this is what the insane bride served <laughs> at her wedding. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay. If I read that, not knowing me, not seeing the piece of content, I'd be like, well, this is fucking weird. Like mm-hmm. this is bizarre. Now, why it seems weird is like I'm – gluten intolerant and dairy intolerant so everything I ate was gluten and dairy intolerant and then also had like a lot of my favorite things p.s. is my fucking wedding yeah like what yeah I'm gonna have all my favorite things and like my husband's favorite things and whatever so and by favorite things I mean like our favorite chocolates our favorite like candy at the candy bar just whatever so (laughs) the reason it got like it just got so blown out of proportion and then Daily Mail posted it it went on to you know, like the New York Post, Independent, like just all these major publications that took it so out of context by kind of paraphrasing the initial article. Mm -hmm. And then social media influencers started giving their opinion, good and bad, Mm -hmm. about it. And then we had, this is my favorite, these radio hosts from Australia that have a podcast slash radio show that are... I don't know, in their 40s or 50s, male, Mm -hmm. opening a segment about how they appreciated and really admired my fit and toned body. Mm. And then went on to say, but look at how crazy and restrictive her wedding was. Mm. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, no. By the way... I have been a bridesmaid like 6,000 times and I would say 
easily 80% of those, the bride did not have one bite of food. That is what anyone who's been a bride was commenting on my (laughs) They were like, uh, this is like 13,000 times more than what I ate. Literally. Uh, Like anyway. And also, by the way, what I ate was great, like full. But the reason why it was taken out of context was that when the Daily Mail reported it, it was what we served and they removed like main meals. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we served three main meals, right? Like a vegan option, chicken and salmon with potatoes and sides and bread and well, like the regular shit you eat at a wedding. Yeah. I shared what I had, which was the salmon and the veggies, which was like potatoes and stuff and gluten-free bread because I'm gluten-free and they had Mm -hmm. to special order the bread for my table and whatever. And it was like, (gasps) let's just remove this part and make it scandalous that Mm -hmm. the bride had a salad for dinner. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I actually didn't. You can watch the video. Yeah. And there are thousands of comments on there of people and DMs that I would get people saying, I came here to see the circus and I clicked on your video and I was like, well, shit's normal. Yeah. Like, this is not that weird. Yeah. But like you said, the mental health piece. So we went on a mini moon like the weekend after our wedding. And that was when the video, I put it up probably on like the Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday after the wedding. And we were going down we were going down to the keys so we were in florida at the time our wedding was there we were driving down to the keys for a weekend i put this up and it starts getting like comments from people you know negative comments mm-hmm. all sorts of things by the way and death threats and like crazy stuff we're unwell as a society. We're like, unwell. This is, it, it's so bizarre to me. Right. Like, let's just say you ate nothing. Right. Let's say you served nothing. Why is that death threat worthy? Like, you yeah. weren't there. Why does it fucking matter to you? A hundred percent. Like, obviously, you're getting the comments like, oh, I would have left this wedding and gone straight to McDonald's. Okay, good for you. Like, yeah. that's like, whatever. They write that on my wedding in a day. It's like, nobody cares. And by the way, again, not what we served. Like, yeah. And then people are fighting with each other back in this is not what she served. No, no, no. They're, they're having this argument. But the part that was getting crazy, yeah, like was the you're a terrible person. I hope you never, um, I hope you die before you can have children. I hope you never instill this onto the future generation. You should never have children. Like people like you should be killed. Fucked. Insane. And by the way, also crazy we're six months I think my anniversary is tomorrow or the day after we are (laughs) um six months later every single day still getting a comment every single day on both TikTok and Instagram Mm -hmm. every single day I mean good for you for longevity on the content (laughs) like what I'm just like oh my god you know when you're like oh give it a week it'll diffuse yeah. like didn't happen so we go down to the keys and like I'm getting some of these comments on my actual video and then I don't know anything about like people posting it and my husband and I had genuine like social exhaustion after the wedding where mm-hmm. we were like okay let's tune out let's like appreciate that we just got married let's go down to the keys for like a little weekend turn off our phones just be together and enjoy it so that's what we did and I forget why I had to turn my phone back like I'll genuinely turn my phone off because mm-hmm. if not then I am checking social and stuff mm-hmm. I think I had to turn it on because like I don't know that I think he like couldn't find his phone he's like can you call it or mm-hmm. something like this so I turn it back on and I just see this slew of texts from my girls sharing these articles and just being like are you okay like what's going on and not realizing that I'm not answering because I'm yeah. on this mini moon I'm like what is this I open it And 
that weekend, I, you go through these phases of, I read like all these articles, people calling me insane, like you can't have, you shouldn't have children. Oh my God, this is the worst wedding in the world. Blah, 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 blah. All these things. And you start questioning when there's that many people making comments like this or major news outlets, by the way, let's talk about major news outlets and the mental health impact that they have. Mm -hmm. When you have that many people and these publications that you trust, you think you trust, Mm -hmm. not that I'm like an avid or ever was an avid Daily Mail reader, Mm -hmm. but like, I don't know, when I was a kid, I saw, you know, the Royals on there and was like, this must be true. And now we all know it's not, right? We watched Meghan Markle documentary or whatever. Mm -hmm. You don't really realize it until it happens to you. You're like, oh shit, that's actually just fake stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I started having this like internal conversation of who can I trust? And like, who are these people that wrote this? And I... I believe that people are innately good. Like I Mm -hmm. really do. And I make friends with whoever, like, I don't know. We just met. I feel like Mm -hmm. we'll be friends for forever now. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you just strike up these conversations and I genuinely trust people for who they show me they are. Um, And I felt like for the, one of the biggest occasions in my life, I started questioning like society as a whole. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, that's not true. One of the first times, but just questioning like are people actually good yeah. first and foremost because there are death threats on my page on my wedding day let's let's just be real like yeah. what so i had this moment of trying to i don't know I went through these phases like that whole weekend i remember sitting with my husband and struggling to understand who were these people? Because sometimes you're like, okay, I'm going to click on them and like see who their profile is. I don't know if you've ever done this as a creator, like get these negative comments. You're like, but who are they? Mm -hmm. And then it's their videos with their babies. Yeah. No, they're always like moms with a Bible verse and the bio. And it's like, be kind to each other. And she's like, you dumb cunt. I hope you drown. And it's like, what? Yes. And that makes you question everyone so much more. So that was what I was seeing. And then I'm walking around in the keys, like, and I'm going like, okay, is this, are these people that would write that? Mm. Is that, do I trust these people? Like the barista at my coffee shop, like she's being really cute and nice, sure. Mm-hmm. But like, is she somebody who's writing on my photo or my video? And I had an inflated understanding of the circumstance. Like I thought everyone was staring at me mm. for that weekend. And like, honestly, for a couple weeks after that, I really struggled. I struggled to get back posting, but posting was like this safe space where, okay, I can, go back into it and like get away from it but in actual like in reality I had probably that week after we came back I was scared to leave the house mm-hmm. not because I thought something was would happen to me but I just thought everyone was staring yeah. at me and gonna be pointing and screaming and this is probably like a high school thing right of how we've all had these moments where we've done something so embarrassing and everyone rallies and like herd mentality like well mm-hmm. we're all angry at you and I genuinely had a fear of just being not just misunderstood, but just like anybody and anyone had the ability and had access to me Mm -hmm. to tell me what they thought or the validity of my life. Mm -hmm. And that to me really fucked with me for a bit. Mm -hmm. Like love therapy, love my husband and all of the support tools that I had. But like this is honestly, I don't think I've really spoken about this, but it was really 
a moment where I had to work really, really hard to get through it and not just from a social perspective, not just like, okay, I can get back to posting. Mm-hmm. It was like, I need to go for a walk on my fit girl walks and not be afraid that everybody's staring at me mm-hmm. and stopping me in the street and going to tell me how wrong I am or mm-hmm. how I shouldn't be alive or how I shouldn't reproduce. Mm-hmm. And that was like trauma. Like mm-hmm. that is trauma that I need yeah. to heal now. Right. And that's just back to new healing. Chapters. Yeah. Yeah. Life keeps happening. Yeah. There's just more and more to unpack. How did you like get through it? I mean, obviously it sounds like there's more to do, mm-hmm. but you have come a long way. You're are posting. You seem like you're yeah. doing great. So like you have worked through a lot of it, it seems like. So I think the like, I mean, in moments where it's like an inflated idea of what's actually going on, you have to step back into reality. And I don't, I'm, I'm no clinician and I don't know, but I'm sure there's a term for this after something traumatic where you think that like, that's all everybody else Mm -hmm. around you is thinking as Mm -hmm. well. And, um, it was only my husband. He's like, okay, we're going to put on our activewear. We're going to go into the elevator. No pressure. You don't feel good. We go right back upstairs. And there was a couple of times I literally got into the lobby and I was like, no, I'm mm-hmm. going back up. And I, he was like, okay. And we go around the block. Does this feel okay? Like I remember wearing a hat and being like, mm. like nobody cares. I'm, I know I'm not like, nobody gives a shit about me, <laughs> right? Like I'm not the president incognito here. Like nobody cares. I know that. Yeah. But at the time it wasn't so much that I thought everyone cared about me. It was just this idea of feeling like no matter what you did, everyone was after you or against yeah. you. And I mean, you were in major international publications. So it's actually, it's not right. like far-fetched. It's right. not like it right. was like a TikTok that had a thousand views. For like sure. It was actually, yeah. And like, God, it had to happen on the slowest news week. Like <laughs> what, uh, seriously, is this really getting into these publications, right? And so... I think like just getting back into normal society and moving through that, um, I think was eventually kind of what faded that away. And then coming in, like it not happening. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like me going to get a coffee and the person mm-hmm. not being like, you shouldn't like throw yeah. coffee at me and <laughs> yelling at me about how terrible I am. Like that didn't happen. And I thought that was going to. Um, and like, I, you know, I didn't have to like, hide and so by doing that repeatedly it sort of faded that piece of it um on social I think it was really I didn't want to come across as defensive Mm -hmm. in my response or you have to obviously say something Mm -hmm. once something like this happens but or these types of like conversations or publications or writing this. And I didn't want to come off as defensive. Be like, no, I did eat a lot. No, we did do this. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's not the point, right? That wasn't the point. And there was no, there was no value to that Mm -hmm. piece of content. And so I put out one piece of content that was what we actually served because we were already, it was already in our like concept of content that we were going to do. So that was interesting. And then I realized because a a lot of the, the, the content got taken out of context because of the um, restrictions and the restrictions for my own individual health, right? Mm -hmm. With gluten, with dairy, and also just in general, like I'm all for like natural sugars and all sorts of things. But if I have like cane sugar and stuff like that, it really affects my mental health. Same, yeah. 
like I don't think people understand that when you move away from that and that was a big piece of like healing my anxiety Mm -hmm. as well and working through healing my anxiety like when I have sugar I go on a couple days of like an anxiety bender yeah and I can't like that's not worth it my friends here that I'm hosting for five days at my wedding like that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. um so that was also like a piece of what people were attacking and then as I started to put out like to share what we served I was like well it'd be really interesting to talk about how many people had other intolerances and it'd be really interesting to have the conversation of like why are we triggered by people eating differently mm-hmm. or making different choices with their bodies mm-hmm. right and why no matter what like size you are or color you are or like you know background doesn't matter like you should be able to make the choices for your body that you want and that includes food Mm -hmm. and that includes like going to a restaurant and not being laughed at for ordering or asking if they have gluten-free bread Mm -hmm. right and in New York that doesn't happen as often right like it's a it's a place where that's very common Mm -hmm. in small rural communities it's very difficult. Like when we go back to my husband's family, it's hard for me to find things that I can eat if we go out to eat, to eat right? Mm-hmm. That are free of these things. So you're like, okay, what's the, the least amount of stuff that's going to like make me feel sick for three days straight? But that to me was eye-opening that not only do people not, not only do they not understand and pay attention enough to their own bodies, they're also shaming those who who have figured out or who are on a path of figuring that out. Mm -hmm. And I think part of getting over it was also understanding and realizing that there are so many people who also valued that like we were I was focusing a lot on the negative Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of positive comments and there was a lot of positive people saying like wow I'm literally gonna do this for my wedding I have never seen we sent a survey out to our guests like I talked about all of that Mm -hmm. and I talked about all of the different options it wasn't like we're like here's your gluten-free bread which by the way okay if gluten was removed from the bread like at the end of the day it's not that big of a deal but like yes we did have regular bread yeah like we had regular bread everybody (laughs) Um, but like You know, I think it was important for people to feel like, oh, there's finally this like big piece of content, this big conversation where I, as someone who's celiac or or lactose intolerant or struggling with Crohn's and like have all these eating restrictions, whatever it is, autoimmune disease, like all of these people started messaging me and flooding my inbox. Like, thank you Mm -hmm. for actually eating and being, putting it out there that you chose to feel good instead of have a major flare up or feel sick or be on the toilet or whatever it is that's going to happen to you, mental, physical, emotional, et cetera, because of eating in a way that makes other people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And they started saying like, now I can, now I can feel like I can go to my own wedding Mm -hmm. and eat the food I need to eat. Or now I can go to Thanksgiving with my family and be like, Hey, I'm going to bring like something that's gluten free Mm -hmm. because I'm celiac and nobody understands that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started focusing on that a lot. And then that's sort of how mindful, which is now our, my newest company unfolded because I realized that the shame around it was just mostly people not understanding, not feeling educated, but also not tuning into their own body to recognize like 
there are things that are irritating me, but I'm just ignoring them or I'm not like curious to see how I feel mm-hmm. if I nurture and listen inwards to what works for my body. Um, and everyone's super different and we need to like nurture that within our nutrition mm-hmm. conversations. So that was sort of how this new business or like came to be was really honing in on the people that were helped by the content. Yeah. It's hard. It takes a lot of mental strength to be like, let me focus on the good here and on the good that it's doing. Yeah. When you're feeling attacked. Yeah. You know, I think you're spot on. Honestly, maybe the hardest thing in the world to do, but people who master this are the people who are so successful is taking a negative experience, learning from it and turning it into something Mm -hmm. good, Mm -hmm. which it sounds like is exactly what you did. So tell us more about mindful. Yeah. So I, after that I had, like I said, tons of people reaching out, help, like asking for, um, you know, guidance, like they're intolerant to something or they mm-hmm. don't know what they're intolerant to, which is like usually what happens mm-hmm. or they mm-hmm. go do an allergy test and it's not an allergy, but like something's irritating you, but it's probably because of years of like fucking up your gut and having leaky gut and like then regular food just irritates you in general. Yeah. So I just had so many people reaching out about it and asking me to make meal plans mm-hmm. about like the way that I eat. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was already sharing what I eat in a days. They just wanted to understand like, what does an actual week look like? Right. Mm-hmm. And how does that how do you find that balance and how do you eat? I always talk about eating 80-20 where like 80% of the foods are whole foods Mm -hmm. and 20% is whatever you want. And if you're intolerant to something or you're going to feel sick, like I personally don't include that in my 20% Mm -hmm. depending on the severity of it, right? Like if I eat gluten, I'm not going to include that. Mm -hmm. Sugar for for something is like in my 20%, right? Like that's that's cool. It's fine. Um, But like if I'm going to be really sick, break out, um, my tongue actually splits when I eat gluten. It's really fucking weird. Uh, have you ever seen that no. oh my gosh google like allergy tongue or like split tongue i've seen it's people so with split painful. tongues though it's so painful and really gross and your like skin like splits yeah it's, it's really weird oh my god i'm google imaging that after yeah. this yeah and there's like allergy like d- depending on your allergies it can look different on your tongue but like it's not and it hurts like fucking shit wow it is so painful yeah Anyway, so I'm not going to, like, that's on my, that's not going in the 20%. Yeah. It's just not a value, like, to me, what I get back from it. Um, yeah, so that was, so that was the way I ate. And people were asking, like, how do you eat like this? Like, how can I try to learn more? Because at the end of the day, I've obviously worked with naturopaths. I've worked with healthcare professionals. But the way I really figured out what worked for my body was me doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's trial and error. You mm-hmm. have to live through it. You have to feel like crap. And I try to help people now understand that like the feeling like crap is so powerful, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like as long as you can walk away from it and learn and also pay attention to potentially what that was or have like a hypothesis and like, then like go off of that and test that hypothesis. Was that gluten? Was that something else? Um, There's a lot of power to it. So I made meal plans, started making meal plans. This was just like one off, like, um, not individual, sorry. We did like a program that was four weeks. And I was like, I'm going to give people four weeks of food, like the way that I eat, a meal plan, and introduce them also to new products. And so I made the whole meal plan gluten and dairy-free. Um, and the idea was for people to be feel-good curious, which we still use a lot. We mm-hmm. still talk to a lot. This was also just like this was this past June was the first meal plans we put out. Um, but we wanted to have it be like, 
almost like an experiment for people to see how they felt not eating gluten and dairy and be feel good curious. So we started doing that and eventually, I mean, that did phenomenally. We have outpouring messages of people like, holy crap, I never realized I was intolerant to this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it might also just be like, you have chronic inflammation from additional things. We need to consider our external factors. It is not just food, but how food resonates will change based off of stress and your stressors and your environment Mm -hmm. as well. But eliminating things that are already causing inflammation when you have additional things causing those infl- that inflammation in your life will only help. So you might not necessarily be gluten intolerant, even if removing gluten is extremely beneficial mm-hmm. for you. And to be honest, it's, it is a really common allergen and does impact most people and cause some form of inflammation. So if you're prone to it with all these other factors creating that circle, like, yes, it's going to help you. So we, so a lot of people loved it. And then we decided to turn it into a more um, a more formal business idea. And we launched Mindful, which is all based off of paying attention to how you feel mm. and how full you are and how we don't do, which we get some hate for this, but we don't do any measurements on the platform. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no like, uh, you know calorie counting there's no this many grams of this like I mm. unless you're baking which we obviously have a bunch of baking recipes and stuff like that like you need that like just like you know yeah, how yeah. much of yeah. what but at the end of the day a lot of our recipes are supposed to be super easy and like user friendly mm-hmm. I guess you want to say and uh my whole the whole foundation of the business is on exploring how you feel and that comes down to how full you feel, how certain foods make you feel and not saying like, this is my portion. Well, my portion is going to look different than your portion. Mm -hmm. And my portion is going to look different from my portion yesterday or last week Mm -hmm. because of my hormones, because of my activity level. There's so many different factors there. So we need to, to acknowledge that we're not cookie cutter individuals and that our recipes and like our quantities of food and the type of protein we're craving and all the different stuff will change drastically day to day, week to week. So if we can get in tune with how we feel and like our fullness levels, um, that's the most powerful thing. And like test, test Mm -hmm. the food that works for you. So the platform now is we have weekly meal plan that comes out. We have a recipe catalog. So all of the uh, meals are video-based. So they get a video. So technically you can Mm -hmm. see like the quantities that I'm doing, um, but again, not measured. So they get the video on how to make the recipe and instructions and stuff. And then they get, um, so that's a meal plan each week, the recipe catalog with hundreds of different recipes, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, desserts, whatever, all those things. And then we also have a coaching catalog where I help people move through shifting their mindset because it's a long haul like it's not going to happen in four weeks or in a month or Mm -hmm. in a year sometimes for me it didn't it took a really long time and we need to start yeah Yeah. changing (laughs) that conversation with ourselves about like how we speak to ourselves while we eat I mean we were just talking about it before it's like romanticize your meals right like Mm -hmm. make them really pretty which is what you do and I'm in (laughs) awe all the time I wish like you need to teach me your tips on that. I'm waiting. Maybe we'll do like a collab post. I'll be like, help me make mindful meals pretty <laughs> or prettier. Um, but yeah, like I think it's just, there's so much beauty in what we eat and how we nourish our bodies. And I know you and I hold that same um, belief, mm-hmm. but we spend so much time thinking about the way it makes us look. 
right? And like, that's it. And how Mm -hmm. can we restrict this and tweak this to the way that we look? Well, no matter what, if stress is involved, you're never going to get the results regardless if it's like a physical or your acne or you're in the gym or you want to clear your mental fog. Like all these things are impacted by the way we speak to ourselves and the things that we affirm and build as beliefs internally. Mm -hmm. And that's going to change. And changing that is a long process but if I can help people a little bit when it comes to food and just open their minds to like we had so many people message I never knew I could eat like pasta for dinner two times a week three times a week like what Mm -hmm. never knew I could even eat that for dinner and still feel good or still feel Mm -hmm. like right Mm -hmm. and so that's a big part like if you look at our meals they're not salads yeah right like they are yes they're gluten and dairy free but like they are filled with like proteins and carbohydrates and all these yummy things. Like honestly, I think my favorite, well, probably like a fan favorite is our pumpkin pancakes that right oh, now, yeah. cause it's fall. Like people are obsessed with them and we have a pumpkin butter that goes with it. It's like, yeah, they're gluten and dairy free. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, that's it. This is not a diet. This is not restrictive. Mm-hmm. Like you want to eat 10 pancakes, eat 10 pancakes. You want to eat one pancake, eat one pancake. Like mm-hmm. who am I to tell you? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's like the foundation of what mindful is and just getting really present in your actions while you're eating. When you think about food, when you're at the grocery store, when you're speaking to yourself, when you look in the mirror, what are the things you're telling yourself? Because that is who you become and that is how you manifest the next version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's a big piece of of what we're trying to do I love that also this sounds like a lot of work <laughs> just listening to it I'm like holy shit like more that's coffee. a <laughs> lot of work like to get all like videos for everything that's not easy yeah I mean I think a lot of other people will like you know it's been done right like it's I, mean, I don't think this this version of a platform has been done to be honest but like if we look at like all these creators that pumped out um, like on-demand workout platforms, right? It's mm-hmm. like, this is, it's a lot of work. Or the it's creators that are putting out TikToks or you doing podcasts. Like we're all putting in so much work. We all have the same amount of time. Um, I think we just need to like layer it on, I guess. Like, what are you comfortable with now? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm at that stage. That feels good. Let me layer, let me layer, mm-hmm. let me layer. Instead of walking in and having the 10 layers on our shoulders already. Mm-hmm. That would be like my biggest tip on how to take on more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 That's not But also I have a team, so I'm not alone. I do not do all this alone at all. Yeah. But I mean, you did it alone for long enough to have a team. So. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it's you like still in any creator space, like you're the face of it. Mm-hmm. And no matter what happens, it comes back to your reputation. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, I made my wedding video and I did that. But, like, I could have been somebody with, like, a million followers who I don't even make my own videos. And someone could have been like, hey, I made this video and threw it up there. Right? And that would be me still. Mm -hmm. Like, or or anything in that space. Like, it's you. It's your face plastered on it. It's you that takes – that has to, like, drive the ship to where Mm -hmm. you want it to go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It is a lot of work, but it's – I love it. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, by the way, just random aside, because you brought up workout platforms, mm-hmm. what do you like to do fitness-wise? Um, okay, I got really into working out at home in the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I love it. Before the pandemic, I was a class junkie. Like, I used to only go to classes. I didn't understand working out at home. Now I do a combo of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Pilates. 
Pilates is like such a game changer for me and I love anything that's like low impact mm-hmm. um but I I think strength training is really important and I also yeah. do a lot of like Pilates strength so it's like mm-hmm. weighted Pilates as well mm-hmm. um obviously like solid core and stuff like that is great but even if you're at home doing stuff with like ba- like balla weights or um balla bangles like the ankle mm-hmm. the ankle weights like all that stuff is just really great because you're using like muscles you wouldn't typically be using yeah so you're lengthening and toning in different ways so I do a lot of that and then like like ta- it's sort of like Tabata style so it's like oh on, yeah off on off you know with workouts nice yeah I love that yeah what do you I, do I okay so <laughs> like I used to me. work out a lot and then I stopped um and I was really kind of like proudly like I don't work out I don't work out and then this past year mm-hmm. I don't know, which like something happened where I was like, I, th- I think I need to move my body more. Like I think mm-hmm. everything would benefit from it. And so I really eased my way in. Like I started doing, do you know that YouTube video? But it didn't start on YouTube. It was like an 80s workout video called 8 Minute Abs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like Who doesn't know that video? I used to do video? it in college, like before going out and drinking. <laughs> Yes. So literally it was like December I started doing eight minute abs just to yes. get in the habit and then I slowly started to build my way up um I do do you know EMS no What's um EMS? it's it stands for like electromagnetic stimulation oh yeah sorry okay. I thought you were talking about in the workout way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like uh they put a suit on you okay so sorry. like a I'm trainer totally comes of something else okay Can you do EMS for therapy like for like mental therapy? Yeah. Like I went to a massage and he was like, I can do EMS to help you with your concussion. Is that a thing? I don't, I've never heard of it. Okay, I'm sure that's it is how a I thing. learned about it. Okay. I, I'm sure you can. Crazy. Yeah. But okay. no, no, no. So this is a workout thing. So a trainer comes, they put a suit on you that has all these electrodes and it stimulates the muscles. That's like physio. That's like what they do, right? Kind of. Physio, yeah. Like but you, it's, okay. it's a little different. Like it's really intense and then you work out while doing Whoa. it. So it's kind of, they say like 20 minutes of it is equivalent to hours of weightlifting. So I do that once a week now. And then I do. You go somewhere or they come and do that? No, she comes here. That's insane. Do you notice a difference? Oh, yeah. I need to try this. It's fascinated. It's so, like, I love it. It's so hard, I will say. Like, I actually kind of dread it because it is so hard. And I really have her, like, really do the levels high. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's a little intense. And, like, even, like, the part that I really, really hate is the abs. When the thing contracts, it feels like, um, you know, when you get, like, bad news and you get, like, a... Oh. <gasps> kind of feeling that's almost I think like physiologically it kind of makes you feel like that because that's probably the only time your abs contract that hard um so it like kind of sucks during but it kind of feels good but then it's like the most intense workout that I can actually achieve and in such short amount of time yeah but other than that I do um do you know Caroline Deisler no um, she has an online platform that she kind of recently launched. So she was one of the influencers who during the pandemic started doing mm-hmm. like home workouts on Instagram. So she has her workout platform now. You'd like her, I think. You okay. should check her out. So I do her platform. It's good. It's like Pilates inspired type Love shit, that. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just walk a lot. Yeah. But like, yeah, <laughs> honestly, like I've noticed, like when I think about this past year of my life, the 
biggest change for me, and this is a change that it's affected every area of my life, Mm. like my relationship, my work, my uh, just general well-being, my mental health, my nervous system, everything, it's starting to exercise. But I think what was different this time around versus in the past when I've exercised, in the past it's been purely for aesthetics and um, I was never mindful with it. It was always like this thing that I hate to do that mm, I just have to get like over punishment. with. Exactly. Like I went out and drank last night. I better go do a spin yeah. class or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And now I, it's so mindful mm-hmm. when I work out. And I think it's kind of like what you were saying about food too. I think if you can have that mind body connection with it and really feel into your mm-hmm. body, like it's been the biggest change in my life. And it's, I think it's my approach to it. Like my intentions are different. Like, yes, the aesthetics are there. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm a vain, vain bitch and I like to look good, but (laughs) there's also just that mental health component and like not feeling like I'm even the EMS, which I do kind of hate. I'm not going to lie in the moment, but it's 20 minutes out of a week. And I do think it's really important to do things that are hard that you sometimes hate because it just builds mental resiliency. Um, But for the most part, it's movements that I really love and I'm very present and I'm really like, even with the EMS that I hate, I'm Mm -hmm. so tuned into my body while I'm doing it. It's not like there's like loud music blaring and I'm disassociating and just getting it over with, you know? And there's so many options for people too, right? Mm -hmm. I just think, like you said, you love walking. Like even the EMS you don't love, but you love because you Mm -hmm. feel like it's a challenge, right? There's Mm -hmm. something in it that makes you come back to it. If you don't like boxing, like you don't need to do that. You'll never find me like boxing, right? And it's just, I think you need to kind of just enjoy, like you said, be mindful and do something that you enjoy. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. But we need to do something. We yeah. need to keep our, our bodies moving and healthy. Um, I just did this program at Harvard Medical School, which was for nutrition meal planning, but it was all rooted in lifestyle medicine. And lifestyle medicine is basically scientifically backed lifestyle habits that can reverse as well as treat and prevent chronic diseases and diseases mm-hmm. in general. Um like of all severities and the things that they say are so basic, right? But Mm -hmm. so many of us still don't do them. Not the information that we're learning, but like these habits are things that are not difficult to implement, but hard when we sometimes think of the whole picture Mm -hmm. and we think of how can I all of a sudden do all the things. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from social media too. It's like we're following all these people and they're all telling us all the things to do. And there's a lot of information out there at the end of the day starting somewhere. And like I said, the same thing with like work, like achieve this level and feel confident in what that is and then make it harder. Like you don't roll up to the gym and pick up like 20 pound weights in each hand and just start like squatting. Mm -hmm. You go and you take threes. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the threes feel too easy. And then you're taking fives. Like we build off of that. And that is how we need to like it happens over time. But when we think of it at the beginning, it feels like this giant mountain to climb, Mm -hmm. especially if there's multiple areas in your life that you want to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's ways that we can get into moving or eating better or taking care of our body as a whole that are really accessible, free. One of the things that the wellness world gets shat on for is like, oh yeah, show us the way to do this if we were, if we're not, like if we're poor. Yeah. I get that all the time in my videos and I'm like, walking? It's literally free. 
And like, sure, I, I'm not, you know, saying that I'm not privileged. I'm not saying that I don't have an expensive active wear set on or whatever, but that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? Like that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, or, or even, I'm not even saying anything half the time <laughs> in these comments, but what you're trying to communicate or share is like, make choices that feel good for your body Mm -hmm. and just do things that are going to help you. And like, we're so like, you're saying like, you're a vain, vain bitch. Great. Love that. Sure. Do I like to look good and do like my little body? Like, you know, I got the booty or whatever. And by the way, don't really, that's one of the things I'm always working on, but it's like, can I get the booty gains? (laughs) You're great. Like for your figure though, like it's, it's not, my butt is no, no. so flat. So, but yeah, no, same. Like it's like pretty it's much. It's like just not in my genetics. Like yeah. we're working on it here. But anyway, all the things like we can have these goals, right? Like I can go every day and be like, I'm going to get a booty. Cool. That's my goal. That's my vein piece. That's my mm-hmm. part that I want. Like want that. Sure. But at the end of the day, it has so many more benefits mm-hmm. and we can prolong the quality years of our lives yeah. by making these actions now. Don't yeah. start when you're 60 all of a sudden being diagnosed with like a terminal disease or 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 even just like high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Don't wait until that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Do that now and start building these habits now because those moments either won't come or they'll come much later. Mm-hmm. And you'll have longer quality years of your life and there are actions that you could be taking now for free. Like if you have a willing and able body when we're talking about movement or walking or anything like this, and there's so much free stuff out there, like we said, with workouts, even like YouTube. So many people are like, when I didn't feel like I could work out at home, every class was like $45. Like, yeah. That shit's expensive. Yeah. I'm the first to say it. And I'm so happy to work out at home now because I go once or twice a week max. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out to ClassPass because I freaking love ClassPass. I was going to ask you because like, I'm I really want to get ClassPass. I've never done so many of the classes like Solid Core, um, even like Barry's Boot Camp. I just want to try it. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think I'm going to get ClassPass soon. I think that's going to be yeah. the next. Like you said, it's layered. So I started doing eight minute abs. Yes. <laughs> and then Bring I built back. my way up into like 10 minute online videos. Yeah. And now I'll do like. 30 to 60 minutes and soon I'll be ready to leave the house and work out. Right? Well, that's the thing. It's like something is better than nothing. Yeah. And you feel better literally even if you do five minutes. Mm -hmm. Like you genuinely feel better. And I honestly say like half the struggle is actually getting there, like getting yourself to it. And not just a gym, but even like a walk, right? You're like sitting on your couch and, you know, it's the, it's the, willpower to actually do that Mm -hmm. and once you turn something into a habit it stops taking willpower Mm -hmm. so I have I have this fit planner that we designed and it's like honestly it's so basic but it's fun and it's cute and it's like our seven fundamentals of wellness you check them off each day you fill them in like you track it for the week and it's so cute and kitschy and fun and like you stick it on your fridge all that stuff cute but the real the real like value behind it is that we all have, like we you say, like it's a lot. We all have the same amount of time in a day. We all have an, a finite amount of willpower, mm-hmm. right? It's not infinite. We can't just keep going and going and going mm-hmm. and going. We drain ourselves. And big, huge things that take a lot of our willpower are things that we can't often eliminate or lower. Our life at home, right? Our kids, the way we speak to our partners, like all of these things, our work, et cetera. But when we are doing all of that, it makes it really hard to have willpower to 
get up and go to the gym, mm-hmm. right? And to get up and go do these things. But when we start small and we build habits, once something is a habit, it no longer takes willpower to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't wake up and go, I got to get on my walk. Like I have been walking every single day for at least 30 minutes for, yeah, sometimes I miss a day, whatever. But for the most part, for like years mm-hmm. now. And that's, I don't think that, right? That's not even a thought process of mine. It's like, oh, I do it after I like, you know, make my breakfast and I go out on my walk. Mm-hmm. And... It doesn't take any energy for me to get to that point to do it. Mm -hmm. When we exhaust the willpower that we do have, we start being snappy and short and stressed Mm -hmm. and we're really short with our kids or our partners Mm -hmm. or we are super exhausted and we can't bring our best self to work and do all these things. So, and it's not just like physical exhaustion. It's literally like the depletion of willpower and pushing ourselves to the brink and burnout. Mm -hmm. And, The more we can put these things on autopilot and our wellness habits on autopilot, not only do, yes, they have ripple, ripple, ripple effect of positive things, right? We know serotonin production. We know, um, you know, just these positive health impacts for longevity, but they also help us show up as better people in the actions that do require our willpower and do require us to be really present and intentional when my partner is coming to me and I need to be like, okay, I'm not going to yell at you, my love. Yeah. I'm okay because I have more willpower to hold it back in. But what happens is we use most of that before we get to like five o'clock at the end of our day. Yeah. And so we don't have enough to push ourselves to do that wellness activity. We don't have enough to push ourselves to like not be snappy when we get home and then like our home life gets the brunt of it. Mm -hmm. So it's just like there's a cycle. There's a cycle and it all ties in and just start somewhere and pick one thing that you can put on autopilot and build from there is I think like a great place for people to start. That was stunning. Like you're so fucking right. And I think we all experience that like that. It's just a fuse and it runs out. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the most actionable and non fluffy Mm -hmm. answer I've heard for that. Okay, thanks. Beautiful. I wish <laughs> I, the fucking camera hadn't died. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. The one thing I'll say, and I always talk about this, is like the version of me that was burnt out that had all of these extreme health issues because of the burnout, had I had a more solid foundation of wellness at the time, I don't think it would have affected me to the same degree. But the Mm -hmm. version of me then when I talked to like, I had to leave my career, there was no other choice Mm -hmm. because all those other things were so, it was, there was no path forward for Mm -hmm. me. But thinking about if I was in a similar situation now, having willpower, having a wellness foundation, your choices and the way forward, like sure, maybe it's still not the best choice for you, but you would have options Mm -hmm. of how you handle a situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that's like, I just think there's so many people that sometimes hear stories of, oh, I left this because it was toxic or it wasn't good. It wasn't the right fit. It wasn't the right job. It wasn't the right relationship. It wasn't the right whatever thing. And we're quick to be like, next. And that's okay. But can we have that conversation of like the intention behind it, the mindfulness? Mm -hmm. Let's just always bring it back to that. Yeah. Behind how we move forward in the next steps of like, that evolution of who you are um and I hope people like I never want to glorify like I had to get out 
And then I like, ooh, life got so much better. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ever glorify that. Yeah. Because I honestly think that unless you do the work, you're just going to find yourself in the same situation exactly. over and over and over again. Itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and if you want to make it woo-woo, you could say like you, the universe is throwing mm-hmm. these things at you because you're meant to learn this lesson. But you can just make it purely scientific. Like our brains are always seeking out what it knows, even if it hates mm-hmm. what it knows. Like it's always going to seek that out. So you're just going to find yourself in the same situation mm-hmm. until you actually rewire things and start to seek out things that are better for you. Yeah, it's so true. We like really will become what we, we, we will become whatever we want to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And we have the choice to choose that. And that doesn't mean I will become, I don't know, superficial things. It's the real things internally, like the challenges and the lessons that we keep presenting to ourselves because we haven't learned them. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we want to, we just don't really know how. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We don't know what's the next best step. And sometimes the next best step is just a step. Like Mm -hmm. take one. This is so this fun. Is so fun. <laughs> I could talk to you literally all day, but I think you have places I'm to like, be. I'm like, how long so... are we talking? I don't even know. <laughs> we could talk forever. And it's been long enough that the camera overheated and died. <laughs> we killed the camera. We've been chatting. We're moving from t- from coffee to cocktails. <laughs> it's now like yeah. a, a virtual retreat. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're down here. If you need us, this is where we'll be for forever. Love that. Thank Sam, you so much. This is so fun. I am so happy that this like randomly worked out. Um, the next time you're in the city, let's do this again, please. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And where can everyone find you? Yes, you can find me pretty much at the Fit Fatale across everything. Um, it's like La Femme Fatale, but the Fit Fatale. Mm-hmm. And you can find my blog as Fit Fatale, and you can find Mindful at mindful.so. And Mindful is spelled with two L's, like fill up your cup, stomach, and soul, we always say. And Cute. yes, you just, it's all about just like tapping into what you need. So Mindful with two L's. And yeah, we, put, we have all of our good stuff on there. Okay. The Thank recipes. you so much. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. We have to go to solid core. Like, we're going to get you on class pass, and then we're going to. We're going to do some classes. I did yeah. telecore this morning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I really want to do it. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> okay. I want that. Because okay. I went to a Pilates reformer class and I was like so like excited. And I was like, I'm going to sign up and do this all the time. And then I was like, no, nah, this is kind of easy. And like, if it was my first mm, class and it shouldn't like be that easy class? for my first right. class. No, and it was just a normal class. Mm-hmm. But I think solid core is a lot harder. So a mega former is like a, it's a different machine, but rooted in the same foundational work for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but challenging a lot more. Whereas reformer, like on a traditional reformer machine mm-hmm. is going to be more about like lengthening and toning. Um, but not really like taking yourself out of traditional Pilates mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a way so you're gonna notice like small differences over time but like weird things that you won't necessarily get from a mega former like um like internal like there's so many layers to your core right so like the deep deep layers but not necessarily what you see the next day mm-hmm. when you're like oh mm-hmm. you know I've got or like for um like rebuilding your pelvic floor after birth, like reformer's mm-hmm. amazing. But yeah, it's not always like the one where you're leaving sweating. Yeah. For a solid core, you're gonna you're gonna leave sweating. And it's okay. like challenging no matter what. You could be the strongest person and you're dying in there. Because it's a weighted, it's well, they're both weighted, but it's just a different machine. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, we'll do it. 
Um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, you know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe, share it with people. Um, leave a review to enter the monthly giveaway. At the end of the month, we randomly select a person and you get a membership to the Blush Academy. Yada, yada. You guys know the drill. Love you guys. We will talk next week. Bye.